You're listening to the Desperation Podcast. This message comes from our 2014 Desperation Conference, Jesus Reigns. For more information, visit us at desperationonline.com. Well, hey, so my name is Amy, and I am on staff here with the Desperation Leadership Academy. Actually moved out here right out of high school in 2004 to be a part of a community in my college years that was passionately pursuing Jesus. And so if that's you, if you're a junior, a senior, college student, I uh, want to invite you to our DLA info meeting um, Nothing has changed my life more than being a part of that program and now uh, the honor to be on staff with my husband, Dan. Um, So in other news, uh, I am expecting uh, my first baby. So I think we have a picture. I don't know if it's ready. There, there it is. So I'm due in January. And so I normally preach from a pulpit because I like to move around a lot, but I have this chair in case... I get out of breath. So, um, well, welcome. It is truly an honor to be able to be with you this morning. Um, I believe that God wants to change lives this week. And the reason that I believe that is because when I was in junior high and high school, I was sitting in those seats. I um, so moved here out of high school, but uh, I'm actually from Texas. Where are my, where are my Texans at? And so today, what I want to talk with you about is intimacy, passion for Jesus, and where that joins together with our purpose. I think that it is, you know, so often, you know, we, we can separate them. Okay. Let's talk about the love of God. Okay. Let's talk about, then let's talk about our calling and our purpose, but we can't separate them. And I think sometimes because we separate them, it gets muddy in our minds and in our hearts. And we want to go hard after Jesus and passionately pursuing him. But, but we're also, okay, God, what's my, what's my calling? I think that's one of the number one questions I had when I was, a. I mean, I, I, still sometimes wrestle with God, what are you calling me to? You know, we all have that sense of, okay, we, we were created with a purpose. God put a desire within each and every one of us to have influence, to know that our life has meaning. We're called to greatness. Jesus, he, he didn't scorn his disciples for wanting to be great. What he was challenging was the motives of their heart. And so today, I want to talk about that. It's the motive. What are the motives? So if you want to bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit is, is here. I want to acknowledge him. Would you acknowledge him even now? He dwells within. He's so close. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would make us aware of your nearness. God, I ask that you would speak to every single heart in this room. Lord, I ask, God, that that life change would take place and do what only you can do. My weak words, Lord, but would you penetrate hearts? 
God, I thank you that you use the weak things of the world to despise the wise. Jesus, I thank you that you don't, you're not looking for the most talented. You're not looking for the smartest. You're not looking for the most beautiful. You're looking for the willing. God, and so I thank you for the willing hearts in this room. And so I ask God that you would call us today. Call us, Lord. Establish us in your kingdom knowing that you love us and that you've called us according to your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. So to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I am a super authentic, vulnerable, get to the point, be real kind of person, black and white. All of my friends know I can be really honest to a fault at times. So here we go. (laughs) So um, when I was in eighth grade and attended a conference like this, um, my family was falling apart. And so I know that for many of you, there are stories in this room of a lot of pain that's represented here today. And so when I was in that seat as an eighth grader, my sister, just a few months before, had been sexually assaulted. My family was falling apart. Parents were getting a divorce. We were packing our bags, moving to the other side of town where now my mom who loved Jesus was a single mom taking care of her two teenage daughters. Meanwhile, I'm the the youngest and feeling completely out of control, yet so much pain in my life. And it was in that moment, came to an event like this, Heard a crazy guy named David Perkins preach. It's crazy that he's my brother-in-law now. Um, And he basically presented these two options, which was such a prophetic message to my heart. And he said, give God these years, no matter your circumstance. You can be a victim or you can choose to be a victor because of the grace of God. And so I'm standing here today as a testimony for the balls in your court. The enemy wants you to believe that you are a victim of your circumstance and there is nothing you can do and your fate is set before you because of the things that have happened. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not the God that I serve. He is the God who redeems and restores. And he takes, makes beauty from ashes. Beauty from ashes. Nothing into something. And so I want to talk today about this victim mentality. Here's what it does. When we begin to believe the lie that we are victims, we become hopeless, passive. We start to blame everything, start to blame our choices on everyone else, become negative, judgmental, critical. And I think even as we get older, the more pain we experience, the greater this grows. So, but here's... The truth is that at the core of pain and circumstance, there is, there's a longing within each one of us that has a hope to believe that this isn't it. 
But that we long for love, hope, calling, purpose, healing, acceptance. So here's the temptation with our pain. That we run to everyone and everything else besides the Lord to give us validation, comfort, hope, and healing. So here's the tendency to find our image, to find our value, sorry, to find our value in either our image, either our talent, our accomplishments, or our relationships. Okay, so here's some examples. We see this. The smarty pants. (laughs) I'm going to find, I'm going to do everything that I can to make the best grades in school, to be the valedictorian, finding our value in our grades, our accomplishments, or or we kind of got the the cool, popular, beautiful kids. I want to be the prom king and queen and finding our identity and our beauty and our image. Or it's performance, the leaders. This was, this was my struggle. I was a performer. And so I want to be the best at everything. My value came from how good I was. Was I the leader? Was I elected on that board or council or whatever? And so I know that for many of you, that's the tendency. That's the bent. Here's another example of how I see this. Do you see this thing? <laughs> Instagram. Let's be real honest. I hate it, guys. I hate it. I wake up, and first thing, what do we do? We pick this up. I got to look at. Okay, I took that picture yesterday. How many people said like? Okay, even for my pastor friends, who's giving me a Twitter amen? <laughs> who's shouting me down? And... Here's what I think has happened. One of the greatest struggles of our generation is what I'm calling this fame epidemic. YouTube, Instagram, we're looking for the, we're looking for that validation and becoming famous and having the stage and having the voice. So I want to challenge us. There are times when I have to delete it off my phone because I'm recognizing it's feeding a void that it shouldn't be, or it's not feeding it. (laughs) So, but here's the truth. Here is the truth. It's what David talked about last night, is that our love, the love we're longing for, the healing that we're desperate for, the acceptance we just want to feel, that worth, that value only comes from knowing that the God of the ages is madly in love with you. He is madly in love with you. And here's the problem. We hear it all the time. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Let's look at the bumper sticker. Okay. But here's the truth. It has to be, go from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And that's the reason we put this whole conference on and spend the, the, the thousands of dollars and bring in these speakers is just to beat that into your head. That you've got to get this reality. Ephesians, turn with me, Ephesians 3, 17. This, we read this verse a lot around here. But it says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love 
may have power together with all the saints to grasp, to grasp it, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Here's the truth. You will not walk in your full destiny without this reality. Okay? You will not walk in the fullness of your calling without this revelation. You can't jump past it. You can't skip it. Oh, that's for the emotional people. (laughs) Oh, that's for the, the weak people. I'm stronger than that. I don't need that. We're all in need of this reality and this truth. Every single one of us, I don't care how macho you are. I don't care how buff you are. I don't care how beautiful you are. At the core, there's no person, there's no accomplishment, there's no success that will fill the void. Nothing. And everything in you is going, "Mm, well, maybe. No. Okay, so here's, I'm going to touch on this briefly because I just want to remind us of what David said last night. A few verses I have for you here. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, 10. God says, you are the apple of his eye. His eyes are set on you. He loves you. He likes you. He desires you. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says, for you are people holy to the Lord, your God. The Lord, your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. He enjoys relationship with you. He enjoys When you talk with him, when you wake up in the morning and you're looking at your phone going, who said they liked me? He's going, I say, I like you. Well, you know, I'm here saying, oh, I love her. Oh, I like her. Oh, I enjoy her. So here's the truth. Two things. We have to experience this. Ephesians three is talking about to know this love. That word to know means is to know by experience, is to know by encounter. Okay? Because here's the truth. If it's just head knowledge, it's never gonna it's never gonna change us. It's never gonna the, the power of the revelation of the love of God. It empowers you to soar above any reach of a person or a demon or any circumstance. So the circumstance that you're in, I'm trying to think about it. The pain that you're experiencing, all of you have. There is a divine exchange that can only happen in the presence of God when you let him love you. So it's by experience. It's by encounter. Here's the second thing it does. What David was talking about last night. Just kind of refreshing you. Is it empowers us. Here's what it does. Is it, when we live in the knowledge of the love of God, it empowers us that in our weak moments, when we fail, when we stumble, when we, you know, we sign up at conference and then we go home and seriously... I'm wrestling with this again. What it does is it empowers us to run 
to him in our weakness instead of from him. Because everything in our natural mind, you know, when you've broken a rule, you don't go to the teacher or you don't go to your parents and you're like, well, here's what I've done. No, 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 no. You want to you hide it. You made a mistake when you failed. You want to hide it. And that's shame. But here's the truth. When you know, okay, it's not based on my performance. It's not based on my perfection, but it's based on the cross. It's based on there's blood. His blood has already covered it. And Jesus, I can come before your throne in confidence because of what Jesus has done, not because of what I've done. And what it does is it empowers us to run to him when we're weak. It empowers us to run into his embrace when we fail. Because that's good news, friends. Really good news. How many of you last night felt like you really encountered the presence of the Lord and the love of God? Amen. There's more. There's, there's so much more. Oh, it's so good. And here's when you've tasted and you've seen, aren't you hungry for more? Aren't, aren't you, isn't there a, a desire in you that's awakened that, man, those drugs don't satisfy. Man, hooking up with that girl, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy. And when you make a decision with your will, can we talk about our will for a little bit? Ephesians 3.16, just before that, Paul's praying that your will, that the inner man would be strengthened. So here's the second part to David's message about encountering the love of God. You have to choose it when you don't feel it. You have to choose it when you don't feel it. That's, that's just true. (laughs) But here's the deal. When you choose it, he will meet you. When you choose it. So let's talk about the choosing. What does this choosing look like? So to experience his affection, to experience the love of God, it happens incrementally. So it happens a little bit at a time. But as we choose to position ourselves to encounter him, our hearts expand. Okay, so I heard this analogy by one of my heroes who happens to be here. And so I'm going to share it with you. Okay, have you ever pulled out like ground hamburger meat from the freezer. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, if you don't, you guys need to be helping your mama some more. Okay, so pull out ground hamburger meat from the, from the freezer. Okay, here's the reality. That's what our hearts are naturally like. Our hearts are naturally cold, numb, hard. So imagine this cold hamburger meat. Okay. Then on the other side, here's what I want you to imagine this, the, the biggest bonfire you've ever seen. Okay. Like, I mean, just roaring, blazing, huge. Okay. Now multiply that by like 10 billion. And that is the love of God for you. So here's what happens. Just as if you put hamburger meat 
take this cold hamburger meat and you put it before the fire, what's going to happen? It's going to melt. Okay, it's, it's got to thaw first before it then starts cooking. So what we have to do is we have to choose by our will. I'm going to take my cold heart when I don't feel it. When I don't feel like worshiping, I'm going to, ch- I'm going to make a choice. When I don't feel like reading my Bible, I'm going to make a choice. When I don't feel like fasting, I'm going to make a choice. And what we're doing is we're taking our cold hearts and we're putting it, we're setting it in front of the free heat from the fire. And eventually your heart will tenderize. Eventually you'll begin to feel. Eventually you'll begin to receive those encounters, those experiences. They happen incrementally as we position ourselves. So what have you guys done this weekend? You paid money. You traveled probably pretty far. You're sitting in here. You chose to come up front or stand in your seat or, you know, you chose to raise your hands. You chose to lift your voice. All of those were choices to encounter. All of those were pre-decisions, decisions, because you said, there's something for me there. So all of you have made tons of choices already to be here. And hasn't he met you? Haven't you encountered him? There's more. Those small decisions, those small choices, there's more. Okay, so what does that look like? So here's what I'm calling you today, calling you to, to do today. (laughs) When I was in my, that season of such brokenness and turmoil and pain, trust me, I was not some like wise sage of a person that was like, oh, here's what I'm going to do in order to find my healing. No, 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 no. Here's all it looks like for me as I chose to worship. I chose anytime the doors of my church were open, I was there at night. I would just turn worship music and you know what I would do? I didn't have words. All I really had were tears and I would just cry in the presence of God. I love the Psalms. It talks about how he, he catches them in a bottle. They matter. Those tears matter to him. He catches every single one of them. He knows the reason behind every single one of them. And what happened in that season, it's like the Lord put this like bubble of protection around about me. And those tears were like a washing and a healing of my heart. And he met me in my brokenness and my pain and my weakness. And he set me free. He made me whole. He gave me identity and he gave me purpose. And so I'm standing here 15 years later telling you that can be your story. This can be your legacy. I don't know the legacy you come from. I don't know the shame that you feel because of the decisions that your parents made. I don't know the regret you feel because of the decisions that maybe you've made. But I believe that he is the God. Like I said earlier, he makes things new. 
He can redeem and restore and remake something out of nothing. I mean, that's the story of creation, right? So our little stories, our dumb decisions, how he can redeem them and restore them if we will let him. Okay, so this choosing, let's go back to the choosing. See, the amount of time that you have before God is dynamically related to your heart eventually moving. So here's what I want to call you to do today. To choose to worship. Not just in these moments, but when you go back home. To choose to worship. To choose, okay, God, to be honest, the word, it's, it's, I'm bored. It means I don't get it. How does this relate to me? Okay, prayer. Oh, okay, God, what do I, what do I say? Like Banning was talking about last night. Fasting. Oh, okay, that's like the real kicker. Um, why is it that when we choose to just not eat, you break in like you do? It's so weird. I don't know why he set up his kingdom this way. But fasting for me has been the number one thing to expand my heart, to encounter him, and to love him. I don't know why, but it's the thing that has unlocked my heart. So this is the way that we love him. This is the way that we position ourselves for encounter. So it's a choosing of the will. Okay. So here's what, how I want to kind of bring, bring these two ideas together. I know I've been talking about kind of, you know, the, the pain being a, being a, a victim, finding our identity and the knowledge of the love of God that this King of the universe is fascinated with us. And that in it, he wants to give us a purpose. He wants a divine exchange to happen. My favorite verses in scripture says, draw me and let us run. It's the idea that as we draw close to God, we find our identity, we find healing. And then he says, let us run together. Let us partner together in intimacy to fulfill his purposes, not my own, for the sake of his glory, not my fame. So if you guys want to turn with me to Ezekiel 37 verse 1. I'm going to kind of take a turn here, but what I believe that the Lord is doing here this weekend. So this is the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. You guys probably know this, a lot of you know the story. So we're going to read a, read a bunch of Bible here. All right. You guys with me? Okay. So Ephesians 37, I'm going to read this pretty fast. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. 
So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I was prophesying and there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up for them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord have spoken and have done it declares the Lord. This is us. This is us in this room. This is your story. This is my story. This is what the Lord is wanting to do. He's not looking for the perfect. He's not looking for the talented. He's not looking for the most beautiful. He's looking for the willing. So, see, I see this prophetic picture as as us feeling dead, feeling like we're the left behind, the discarded. But God is breathing new life into a generation. Do you believe that? That the world has rejected, that the world has discarded, who seem disqualified, the misfits of society. But he has come to bring new life and redemption. See, I see an army of worshipers and intercessors. The word in their hands, advancing his kingdom on their knees, like Banning was talking about, from the secret place advancing his kingdom. They love him. They look like him. And it's about his name and his fame and not their own. A nameless and faceless generation of worshiping warriors whose confidence is in the truth that he knows them and loves them each uniquely and individually. And they fight for him and not for themselves. I know I just kind of said a lot there, but so what the Lord put on my heart to tell you He's looking to raise up leaders. He's looking to raise up voices, prophetic messengers. He's looking to raise up worship leaders, intercessors, musicians, singers, businessmen, business women, leaders, preachers, songwriters, pastors, apostles, but not apostles, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> but Here's what stands in the balance. Is it going to be about you or is it going to be about him? Are you going to be one that draws close to his heart, that knows his heart, that's close to their commanding officer, that knows what he wants to do, that he trusts? He's looking for those that he can share his heart with. He's looking for those that he can share his secrets with. Will you be one? 
He's looking to raise up what I say, voices from his affection. Voices who know his heart. So here's what I believe he's doing today. Psalm 40 verse 1. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. And he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Isaiah 61, 3, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. See, the things that he's trying to throw at you, the enemy, I want to encourage you. Genesis 50, 20 was one of my verses in that season. And what I stood on, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What the enemy intended for evil, God intends to use for good. It's what he intends to do. If I can invite the band to go ahead and come on up. Now, this was a shorter session. Um... Revelation twelve eleven says, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So I'm calling you to a vision of intimacy today that God would raise you up. See, he wants to use you, but where your heart has become about his mission, where your heart has become about advancing his kingdom and not your fame and not your name. So here's what I want to call us to today is to commit to be worshipers. This was the problem from the beginning with Lucifer. He wanted the glory. He was the pristine worship leader, the main one. (laughs) And he started to say, I want the glory. That's why he was cast out of heaven. But here's God is looking for, will there be a people who will worship him for him and not take the fame and not take the glory for themselves? And then two, when we commit to the place of worship, it's the place that he meets us and encounters us and transforms us and heals us. But we have to make a choice. So I know I kind of talked about a lot of different things today, but what I want to end with here, if I can invite you guys to stand... What I want to end with here is that you'll commit to making a choice. That you'll say, whether I feel it at times or not, I'm going to choose to worship. Some of you right now, it's the choice of, I'm in so much pain. I'm experiencing so much turmoil. Amy, you don't know what I'm going through. Amy, it's not fair. Amy, if only you knew the things that were happening back home. I want to call you to worship today. That you would find Jesus. That you would find your healing. For those of you who are looking for purpose. Who are looking for, God, I just want to be used by you. Would you commit to the place of worship? God, everything in me wants to make it about me. But God, I want it to be about you. 
And in time, he'll transform your heart. He'll transform your motives. But it starts with a decision of your will. I'm going to position my heart to receive love. I'm going to position my heart that I would find healing. I'm going to position myself to find purpose. Choosing to position yourself is my call today. And that I believe that there are ones in this room that by the grace of God, he rescued me and I'm able to stand here today because of his power and his grace for me to just say yes in my weakness. I believe that there are those in here today who are victims of some pretty painful things, but if you will just to start say yes, even when it's weak, it's real. Even when it's weak, it is still real love. And if you will just begin to say yes, day after day, when you feel it or when you don't, oh, the legacies that are gonna be written Oh, the history that's going to be changed. Oh, the schools that are going to be transformed. Oh, the families that are going to come to the knowledge of Jesus. Oh, the nations that are going to encounter the love of God. He's going to send you forth as messengers and missionaries. Do you believe that that's you? I do. I do. You're here. You're in this room. Will you say yes? So here's what I want to invite. If that's you, any one of those things, I just want to, if you are saying today, I want to choose, I'm going to make the choice whether I feel it or I don't. I'm going to choose to worship. I'm going to choose to fight for my heart. If that's you, I just want to invite you forward. Just come on down. Let's lift our hands.